This episode of the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They act as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that grow your business. For a free workshop, email them at workshop at extensionmarketing.com. Now here's your host, Pat Whalen. On this episode of the podcast, I speak with Linda Egan, the president and CEO of the Ottawa Regional Cancer Foundation. We speak at length about how she runs the foundation like a business and how she fosters an entrepreneurial mindset both for herself and her team. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, my name is Linda Egan. I'm the president of the Ottawa Regional Cancer Foundation, and I'm very happy to be here today on the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show, Linda. appreciate you you taking the time out. I'm very happy to be here. Um, For our listeners that may not know you, and I'm sure there's not many in Ottawa, but can you tell (laughs) us a bit about yourself and your background? Um, sure, I'm, I'm, um, I'm fortunate enough to be in a wonderful leadership position at the Cancer Foundation. I've been there uh, for just about 15 years, started off on the board and liked it so much that I jumped into the team and uh, led lots and lots of fundraising campaigns and then as CEO was the founder of a new service that is truly changing lives. People who have cancer don't have to experience it the same way they have in years past. They can be in control of their situation, they can be healthier, they can be happier. And um, I'm having the time of my life. I'm in the job <laughs> of my dreams. It's, it's uh, I wish this to anybody, anybody. Fantastic. Now for those of uh, the people listening that don't know what the great work that, that the foundation does, can you maybe talk a bit about that? Sure, the Cancer Foundation has uh, a 20-year history of uh, making a difference in this community. We started off by, um, through the Ottawa Hospital uh, Cancer Centre, providing funds that uh, would support the purchase of new equipment, state-of-the-art equipment. We were instrumental in raising funds for the expansion of the Cancer Mm. Centre some seven or eight years ago now. Maybe it's going on more than that. (laughs) Time flies (laughs) when you're having fun. Um, But, you know, at the campus, on Smythe Road and at the campus uh, at the Queensbury Carlton Hospital. We're very proud of having teamed up with uh, Dan and Barbara Greenberg to mm-hmm. open up a new cancer center there. So we continue to do that. Um, that kind of fundraising to support the cure part, less so much on the building and equipment side, very much so on the clinical trial and research side. What okay. we're trying to do is is improve the life of each person that has cancer by ensuring that they have access to the latest and the greatest therapies. So that is something that continues to uh, inspire people to engage with us. And uh, it, it, it is uh, saving lives. People are, are being cured. Fantastic. It's amazing. And can you tell, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about the coaching side of the business? Sure. I find that fascinating. Yeah. So we, we like to, uh, we're holistic in just about everything we do. We, we focus on the cure and the care. The cure is through research and clinical trials. The care is through the cancer coaching. And I have to, you know, go through a little bit of storytelling for this. We are um, very much, um, as any good entrepreneur is, focused on the customer. Okay. You know, the people who... Um, maybe in need of your services and so we designed a service that would help actually we co-designed with cancer patients their families and health providers a service that would help everybody and as I said earlier experience cancer in a very different way we were wanting to address needs that uh, were expressed with questions such as uh, what did you say I have cancer 
um, what what do I need to know and and uh, how am I ever going to make a decision when I have option A, B, C and my life is you know dangling here? What can I do to regain control? How can I be a lean, mean, cancer-fighting machine? Is it vitamins? Is it more exercise? Should I sleep more? Should I, no, you know, not go outside because there's pesticides? Should I, should I stop working? Should I keep working? Hmm. What's going to happen to? Am I going to lose my house because um, there's no money coming in right now? Where can I get some help? How do I tell my kids I have cancer? And and um, you know what? I want. A good quality of life. I know my days are numbered, but I want I want to appreciate those days. There was really no one service that would offer you somebody that could partner with you to help you answer all those questions and go beyond answering those questions. Help you mm-hmm. learn what you need to learn, develop the skills that you need to develop, but most of all, um, be confident you can do something about this. It sounds really simple, but there's nobody listening that would argue that if you don't have the confidence, you can't do. Agreed. No matter what it is in life, let alone, you know, overcoming an illness such as, as this. Exactly. Right? So, so so was this model based on, um, like you said, it was, it was unique and you, it's kind of like it's a very holistic approach by the sounds of it. Um, was this model unique? I know it was unique to Ottawa, but was it... it did, was there a model or something out there uh, that you that you that you basically you know took a mold and, yeah. and reapplied it here in Ottawa? Yeah, so I I, um, I did my B.A. at Telfer, hmm. and my my good friends at Telfer taught me cut, copy, and paste, <laughs> and then make it better, right? <laughs> so that's exactly what we did. We, I love we, it. Yeah, we um, we looked at programs across the globe. Um, because in Ottawa, we were struggling to address those needs. There wasn't a, a lot of uh, the examples that we could draw from. There were good uh, programs that helped people navigate, you know, what we uh, refer to as providing assistance to identify the resources that you need that might be in the social realm, you know, food, transportation, that type of thing, or, or it might help you uh, understand after an MRI comes this and comes this and comes that. But really, when it came to... Um, services that helped you manage your own care services that we refer to as empowering you know we know that in the business world we are mm-hmm. constantly preoccupied with empowering our team um, so we went to the UK um, where they have for oh, well over a decade now um, worked under a model that they call the Macmillan nurse which is a nurse partner which is focused on what matters most to the individuals so we took that piece that learning from there they are truly experts in what matters to the person who has cancer. That's their business. And then we went to uh, places like Australia, for instance, where they have health coaching as part of the public health care system, as part of a way of managing chronic diseases, which is brilliant. We should be doing so much more of that here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are less and less in acute illness phase, more and more, especially those of us who are reaching the wise ages um, <laughs> in, in that chronic disease stage. <laughs> Is that what I am? Wise age? Yeah, okay, you good. are. Yeah, I'll for sure. Yeah, I like yeah. that, I like that yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I like to live in denial every now and then, you know. I, I'm so grateful sometimes that my vision is not that good that I can't see the wrinkles. It's just like, whoa, 
somebody was looking after me. You know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so so fascinating. So is the is each coaching experience then customized? Absolutely. Wow. It starts with um, helping people understand what coaching is. So we spend uh, the early part of the first conversation around designing the relationship, helping you understand, because it's, a, it's a, a paradigm shift. We are still, even though we know more and more and more about health because of Dr. Google and you know everything that comes to us, and we're more and more interested in it, we are the largest healthcare consumers, uh, largest population of, of consumers of health industry products and services than ever before. Like by a long shot, right? So, mm-hmm. so we talked a little bit before we went uh, before we went live here about mm-hmm. the, how the foundation really is a business. Mm-hmm. And can you maybe expand on that for our listeners that uh, know this show as as the Auto Entrepreneurs Podcast? Yeah, I run a business. Um, I mean, everything that uh, that we learn in school, everything that we uh, get good at when we go through different experiences. I apply. So starting with what matters to your stakeholders, um, what uh, what is it that they that they want? What would they buy? I'm selling hope. Mm. I'm selling um, opportunities for people to help other people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I come at it very much from that perspective and apply all of those principles. It's. Um, it's. I'm so grateful to be in a position where I'm able to influence the way that we uh, operate at the Cancer Foundation. We are healthcare entrepreneurs. That's what I tell the team all the time. Um, When I started years ago uh, in the sector, um, it was much more of a, um, you know, a social, well, just think of it, we're in the social sector, right? right? So, so decisions by committees and consensus and, uh, not saying it's not important to build engagement, but mm-hmm. you know there there was a certain inertia. Um, if you talked about return on investment, uh, that's not our mission, right. you know. That so that there was that kind of, and it naturally so because uh, again, when I started in that business of fundraising, it was a very young profession. Um, it was at the time people thought. How dare they pay professionals to fundraise? It should be volunteers. Really? That's I didn't how know long that. ago I've been. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know, so I kind of joined, you know, because I am a passionate person and I want to make a difference, mm-hmm. joined the sector, but increasingly got frustrated with, oh, there's so much more we could do, you know, and there's, I'm not going to say waste, but missed opportunities yeah. you know? inefficiencies is inefficiencies that, is that a fair term? yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and it was it's okay to let your passion drive what you do mm-hmm. but you you know the wheels have to be going straight here like right. so so right. the um i went back to school and got my mba in my 40s because i've always had those entrepreneurial instincts i mean i yeah. was home with my girls for several years great years well, I ran three businesses while I was doing it. Oh, I just wow. that's that's how we bought diapers. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and I just loved it. I have no um, no uh, reserves about trying something new. Yeah, I yeah. have hit my head against the wall so many wow. times it doesn't even hurt anymore. Um, but anyway, so I I knew I had the instincts. 
I, I knew something had to change in the, in the organizations that I worked, so I went back to school and, and had a great time. It was you know wonderful to learn, but the best thing it did for me is it confirmed that I, I, I was on the right track with something. And then as I was wrapping up my studies, here the, the uh, opportunity at the Cancer Foundation opens up. Mm-hmm. And within a, a few years of fundraising for them, um, there's a bit of a, an existential crisis. Okay. I mess up that word all the time. Yeah, I blame it on my French. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm French, so okay. I, I, I'm allowed to do yeah, that yeah, every now and then. Right. Um, there was a change in uh, the, the way that uh, hospitals and cancer centers were structured. And so this cancer foundation was left with, oh, what do we do now? Right. Mm. What um, mm-hmm. what is the best way that we continue to contribute? Because there definitely was a strong will to continue. Okay. And so, what a perfect opportunity! Carte yeah. blanche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start this up. Yeah. Set it up as a business. You know, look at you know short term, long term. How are you going to finance this? What are the growth uh, objectives? And um, because it was from a, a clean slate, I suppose right, you might right, say. Yeah, it, yeah, uh, uh, it's continued to uh, function in that way. Yeah. The board the board thinks of this as a business. Yeah, they they come as they would uh, to a for profit board with yeah. uh, the same, you know, level of scrutiny. And and um, I'm I'm proud. I think that we were early in the game in that kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's allowed us to achieve incredible things in the last decade. But I, um, you know, we are, we may have been early adopters, but we're certainly not the only ones. Okay. I mean, that is definitely, uh, I wish people would stop thinking of the sector as a not-for-profit sector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we don't make money, right. like that, that's right. what keeps us awake at yeah, night, yeah, right? Yeah, so, of course, of course. Um, anyways, so, I have so a bit of a soapbox stand no that's good and, and, and you know what and, and good yeah. for you and it's funny you and i've known each other now for a few months yeah and one of the reasons why my business connected with your business is that uh, i sat on the other side of the table for years and i had uh, organizations like yourself coming to me and none of them took a business approach mm. and maybe there was a point in time when that worked mm-hmm. when it was basically just you know what can you give me right whereas you genuinely treat this like a partnership yep yeah, that you're trying sure. to find out, okay, what can I do to give back to this person that's also giving to us both of their time and their money and their resources? Right. You don't just take it. You're you're looking at ways that you can truly... Is that a fair statement to make? Absolutely. That you can truly partner up with them. Yeah, it's okay. an exchange. It's, right. it's the same thing... Um, you know, the, the motivation is different. You know, the purchase decision doesn't depend on, you know, whether or not it's going to provide you transportation. It depends mm-hmm. on whether or not it's going to fulfill... Your need, you right. know, it's it's built in all of us yeah. Yeah. Uh, to want to help somebody else. And do you, do you think by Linda by taking this business first approach is that's what allowed the the uh, the Cancer Foundation to have such 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 success and growth? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Wow. I think um, it makes it's clearer what you're trying to accomplish, right? If you spend the time crafting that vision and bringing people on board and building the culture and, you know, all of the things we know are important in terms of the internal operations. And then when you look externally, it's, you know, what, what's your business, who are your clients? And um, just the, the, the language of business um, makes it easier for people to understand what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Very good it's, point. Yeah. I never, you, yeah, that's bang on. Yeah. Interesting. This episode of the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. Extension Marketing acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies to grow your business. Email them at workshop at extensionmarketing.com to procure free one-hour marketing consultation to grow your business. It's easier to measure how you're doing, and it's easier to know where you need to course correct, right? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It, um, and it does not take away from the passion that normally brings people to this kind of work. Right. If you walk in to 1500 Alta Vista, you can feel the passion. You can. It yeah, is embedded sure. in the walls. Yeah. It's and, it, and it starts with the person that even greets you at the door. Oh, yeah, she's I'm, amazing. I'm, yeah, she is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, I've had multiple people, yeah. uh, and every one of them has been lights out. It's been yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about how you basically almost shifted an, an industry, at least within Ottawa. Was that a challenge when you're trying to bring staff on board that may have been uh, may have been part of the of the older way of doing things, to, for them to all of a sudden have that business mentality? Was that a struggle as, as the CEO of a company to, to, to make that shift? <clears throat> sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, you know, there uh, there's a cross section of people that come together uh, at the foundation. Um, there are people that have come from organizations that have been, uh, you know, not so much run as a business, and some people that come from a, a public sector environment mm-hmm. where the you know the rhythm might be different, or the, the you know that the, the way that you make decisions might be different. Um, so there's there's uh, oh, I think that's part of a large part of what I do you know in, in the organization you try and you know bring the best out of everybody and make it possible for everybody to work together. Mm-hmm. But I am um, maybe a bit like a broken record. You know we are we are not a bureaucracy. <laughs> we are entrepreneurs. Not that there's anything wrong with bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, there's no, a place no, for it, but right. there's not a, you know, in terms of what we're trying to do, yeah. if we create too many layers, um, we're not going to be nimble, we're not going to be responsive, we're not going to be, you know, listening the way we need to be listening. Um, and so it's uh, it's something that, um, you know what, I'm pausing here for a second because I think I don't have to work at it so hard anymore. I think it's yeah. part of who we are. It's part of your culture. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I well, think and, and yeah. I, I look at some of the, and again, because I've had the unique uh, opportunity of working with your group, but I look at the both the age range and the attitude of the people that work there, and they're all business focused, but with a passion for mm-hmm. for what it is they do. It's a really interesting dynamic, I find. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm talking to someone one-off or it's in a group setting, they that's the commonality. Yeah, they understand the business mindset, but they have a passion for what they do yeah. uh, beyond a typical uh, passion that, yeah. a, that a business would have. It's really interesting. It's an incredible team. Yeah, it's an incredible. And you're up team. to how many people now? Uh, we're up to thirty-four. Wow. Yeah. And growth-wise, how does that compare to like help me out here? So in the last five years, have, have you? Um, so we've gone in in. Um, I think that's probably the norm, right? You, we yeah. st- we started and then we had a spurt, right? Because right? we, when I started, we would raise one or so million a year, and then yeah. we built up and we got up to six million a year, yeah. and then uh, kind of held steady for a while, and then yeah. we opened up this whole new cancer coaching service. Mm-hmm. We built a park, we built a center, so again there was a bit of a spike, right? Right. Um, and now we're in the in a steady phase as we prepare. Are you ready for this? This yeah, is the yeah. next phase of the yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 spreading. Um, we are hoping to take this right across the province. Wow! 
Um, and so it's uh, now there you have to be entrepreneurial. You, yes, it's not no. time to rest on your laurels. Uh, you have to be right. very creative about how you're going to do that. We're, we're talking about, think about this. This is a community group who developed a program to address their needs. Because we're the business that represents the community, right? Now we're trying to bring this service to the public health care system. And so to make it so that it's accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, uh, there's a couple of doors, you know, that are starting to open. And so now it's trying to figure out what are the partnerships that are going to work best and, and where is it going to be possible to make this fast. Because mm-hmm. right now we can help 600 families every year, but there are 30,000 people in treatment, and we cannot. It's absolutely not acceptable to stay at this level, okay. and we cannot take 10 years to grow. So, you know, anybody out there who's got that piece of advice that might help us, you know, put the pedal to the metal right, right. and, <laughs> and uh, you know, like have this triple rate yeah, yeah. growth uh, Monthly. Wow. Forget about yearly. <laughs> so, so as a busy CEO of, of you know, and thirty-four employees by Ottawa standards makes you a very large uh, organization, a large business. Um, uh, you know, you got to wear many hats. H- how do you personally balance that? Like, you've got your CEO, your manager hat, your fundraising hat. Your, you're the, you're the. Uh, uh, I want to say public face of, of the mm-hmm. business, but but in a lot of ways you are. Um, how do you how do you manage to juggle all that? I guess what I'm looking for is any kind of maybe time management tips that you can provide to any of our oh. listeners. Is there some um, go-to strategies yeah. that you've implemented over the years? You say, you know what, that works, that doesn't work. Because I've heard I've heard on this show I've heard Linda all kinds of things. Right. I've heard I'm up at four. Yeah. And I've heard I'm up at ten, but I'm yeah. awake till four in the morning. Yeah. Like, is there is there anything? That yeah, you, I'm you up mean? at four, but that's more age related. <laughs> 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 um, so I. Don't think about going from one role to another. It's all, it's all very seamless for me. So, okay. um, But in terms of time management specifically, uh, I try to work from home one day. And I do the thinking that I have to do. I do the planning that I have to do. I, you know, because if, if you, that's what happens. If you're on that treadmill and you don't have time to do that, then it just goes right out of control. And I find if I, Take that day, um, you know, drink the coffee from my home, <laughs> and um, it just all works because then everything else is a lot more organized. I have had that time to think, and if I if I fall out of that pattern, I, it seems to me like I then then it just becomes more chaotic because you're just constantly responding to emergencies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, but when I'm in the office, that's my job. Right. I, I'll respond to things as they happen. And I will, um, you know, technically, if I'm in the office too much, I'm not really doing my job, right? Okay. So um, I'm not sure if that's the magic to it. Well, I think it is. I mean, when you think uh, about it, so I, I love this saying, you know, working on, not in your business. So that day at home, you're working on the business, right? Yeah. You're thinking big picture. So essentially, you're taking 20%, at least, yeah. of your of your working hours in a typical work week. I know none of us work typical work weeks, but, no. <laughs> that, but, but that's pretty significant yeah. because... Um, you know, uh, with our business, the other business that I'm involved with, when we're coaching executives, they struggle to find three or four or five percent of that time. So by you carving out that day, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's I yeah. haven't heard that tip yet. I've heard going in early and doing it, but no. but there's something about being in the office that makes you 
think of the of, of the like you said reacting to everything yeah whereas at home maybe you just is that is that is absolutely that, yeah, yeah. Is that the logic behind it yeah there's there's a couple of pieces so i think i'm um I'm a little too social. I love to, you know, like, you know, I, I love to be with people when I'm at the office. So whether it's somebody who's considering a donation or a partner that might be, um, you know, interested in expanding coaching to their service, whatever it is, I like, I like that. That's, you know, I like functioning on that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you're thinking, right? Right. So the other part of Mondays is, um, is about learning. I read somewhere that Bill Gates used to read on average an hour a day. And uh, that was part of yeah. his success, is part, I suppose, yeah. of his success. So I, 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 uh, I carried that on since my 40s when I went back to school. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I'll learn anything. It could be about the finance. It could be about I've spent a lot of time learning about the healthcare sector because prior to the Cancer Foundation, I hadn't worked in that area. Right. And when you're trying to develop a new um, service and you're not in the area, you need to spend. I uh, I have five coaching certificates. <laughs> I um, wow. I did, and I love that. Get, so that that isn't that fun. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. Isn't it's it great to learn it's those great. sorts of things. Yeah. So is there is there has there been? And I'll, I'll remind me to. I want to tell you a quick Bill Gates thing afterwards. But okay. Is there uh, is there been a book or two or three that have really hit home to you? You say, you know what, boy, any aspiring uh, entrepreneur, they should they gotta read that book hmm. or expose themselves to that course or listen. To that individual has there been anyone or anything that's you thought you know what that's really on point and that's really strong yeah um hmm i can't think of one well what you're thinking no. about let, let me yeah. let me tell yeah. you the quick bill gates sure sure so, yeah. so years ago maybe read, it'll read, trigger yeah, something yeah. yeah so years ago i'm reading this um i don't know if it was a biography or autobiography and when he was young and microsoft was starting up he was very weak in geography so he used to keep a map of the world in his garage by oh, his yeah. car. And every day before he'd go to his car, he'd look at one country and 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 basically memorize that country. Okay, that's where that is on that. Yeah. Think of it. It wouldn't take long. No. So all these series of baby steps, and by the end of it, I forget what it is, a year, whatever it was, he had a complete handle on, 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 the, on the world. So I like sharing that story because too many people think – Oh my God! I, I'm not. Where am I going to find the time to learn a new language, a new skill, yeah. uh, coaching? Um, it doesn't have to be that long traditional way that uh, maybe people of my generation think of. Especially today with all the technology, you can be in your car listening to podcasts. Sure. You know, you turn your half hour commute each way into an hour worth of learning, and yeah. f- think of what you'd know in a year if you focused on one subject matter. Yeah, um, I think it's a really interesting time to be a learner. It uh, is you, anything we want to find. You it's, have access to yeah, everything. You yeah. said Doctor Google earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Really, you're, yeah. you're a couple of clicks away from uh, from from learning something that you may you may otherwise it may have taken months or years to yeah. learn. Interesting. You know, there's something. So I can't think of one book because maybe because I've read too many of them. (laughs) There was a time where uh, I remember, uh, you know, being at a cottage somewhere and reading a business book. I just was. That's what I did. That's what I was enjoying. And somebody said. Well, what about like the trashy summer novels, which I have taken up since? That's why that I've been, you know, trying to lead a balanced life, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. When you figure that one out, you let me know yeah. how that works. Yeah. Okay. But so here's one trick that I picked up too. So when you read a book, um, or you read an article, or so, if if something if there's something you like about it, try it. 
make a commitment to try it. Oh, interesting. As um, opposed to just writing it down and making a note oh, and yeah, forgetting yeah. about it yeah. for months and Don't, years later. No, it's gone. Oh, and really? sometimes it works. You know, something. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes people go, oh, she read a book again. <laughs> Um, and just recently I read this book about focusing on wildly important goals and they call them wigs and I got off the plane and I bought everybody on our team these little red strands that were like you know hair extension and I said okay guys (laughs) we're going to do this wig thing and a wig means that we're all going to focus on what is wildly important goals because you know it's one thing to have a good strategy but if you can't execute it Mm -hmm. it's it's a problem and what prevents us from executing is all the stuff over here, right? So right. which was the right. learning from the book. Well, it's so totally flopped. Yeah, <laughs> it just oh, did go. not work. It didn't work. Um, you know, I, I, I was going around going, who's wigging it this week? And, and, uh, and so, so you know what? I have to buy another book. I there have to go, go figure that's out right. what, uh, yeah. That's, um, but, you know, that's part but, of the fun. But don't you find, Linda, that too many people, they're, they're, they're afraid to try things? Because I find I don't know if it's if it's a generational thing, an entrepreneurial uh, thing, but mm-hmm. people will try something doesn't work, and they say, "Okay, I'm never trying something like that again." And, but who knows? Yeah, maybe there had to be a slight variation of it. Like yeah, if you were to coach a, an entrepreneur, would you uh, advice around that? What, oh, yeah. what kind of advice would you give? Them? I would say try. Yeah, I would say you know and. Um, and whatever happens when you fail, mourn it, cry, be angry, laugh about it, yeah. you know, pout about it, do whatever it is you but get over it, and then just try again. Yeah. I um, I remember, you know, and, uh, this is one of these things from from childhood. I, um, I I would always want to do things, try something new, try something new, or whatever. And my mom would go, oh, she's gonna hurt herself, she's gonna hurt herself. And my dad would go, let her try, just let her try. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that stuck somewhere because right. I, I, uh, I have tried. I've made a fool out of myself I don't know how many times. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, try to be like, just like it's human to make mistakes too and, and, uh, and don't cover them up and, you yeah. know, like they um, and, and, be and, raw. And, and, and that's a good point. Be raw and don't lay blame. Yeah. You know, like own it. If, if you, Including uh, to uh, yourself. Right. Don't but like oh, get you, you know. Yeah. That's, that's I was thinking more in terms of your team, yeah, yeah. your staff, but yeah. You, well, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Oh yeah, very I, interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accept well, it and and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen in too many organizations where the person at the top, the leader, <clears throat> has initiated, or may, maybe even someone on their senior team has initiated something, and they're quick to blame. Mm-hmm. They don't want it sticking to them. But really, if you're at the top of an organization. Correct me if, if you disagree, no, but no, no, you're responsible your... for all the good and all the stuff that may not be so good. Yeah. Is that a, is that? I think that yeah. I th- I think um, that's the only way you earn the trust of your team is if yeah. you have their back. Right. You know they're, right. um, um, and it's that's also something that I um, that I work hard at because I don't know if it's the you know history that people are bringing from other organizations or or certainly we're not doing everything perfect at the cancer foundation right um but you know take a risk go ahead make a mistake i have your back Mm -hmm. and uh and sometimes i still feel the hesitation i'm going go like who cares let's go make that mistake and um now you know that being said i'm i'm uh we did we did this test one time when i was in a 
tech the business group yeah. um, and they had you know, there's 12 of us in the group and they had where everybody was in terms of their <laughs> risk tolerance and they went the dot yeah. over there <laughs> That's Linda. Uh, Runs off the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, how, how do you find that? Like, so, if you're bringing someone new on board, a new team member, mm-hmm. um, full-time team member, mm-hmm. and if their background is in the non-for-profit sector, is it a struggle to get them to think the way that your organization, that your business is thinking, that we're running this like a business and this is how we do things? Or is that part of what's appealing in the first place and that maybe perhaps that's why they've reached out to you? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're just really good at picking a good team. Yeah. I don't think it's, uh, you know, so, some people need help sometimes to, to adapt to what's a new culture. No, no matter where, you know, where you're coming from, you're stepping into something new and it's mm-hmm. uh, it requires uh, some adjustments. Um, I don't see anybody struggle with it. Too. Oh, you know what I see people struggle with sometimes? And I say this to every person that joins the team in this place. If you need help, you ask for help. We've got you back, right? Um, and it's funny, I see it in just about, I would say, one out of two people when they first start. You're trying to do everything, you're trying to do everything, and because... Trying to impress someone. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden, ask for help, and, and so many people have come back and said, you were right, because hmm. everybody just, you know, steps up to the plate and... Um, yeah. That's that's the one thing that people sometimes find tricky to yeah, uh, yeah. you know they come from someplace maybe right. where you're more you know, to you you know by yourself not by yourself but but more um, more expected to be mm-hmm. fully independent and autonomous and right. Um, right. yeah so that's kind of a fun yeah, fact yeah, about yeah. the cancer yeah, foundation yeah, yeah. we're we're a great team yeah. <laughs> Uh, on that note, we're we're out of time. That oh no! Out. Didn't that go by fast? Well, I I could do another three of these. <laughs> you know what? We, we're going to have to do a part two. Yeah. And, and I mean that sincerely. But before we let you go, where can our listeners find out more about the, about the Cancer Foundation? How can they get involved? Like this is a, an opportunity yeah. for you. Well, first of all, please get involved. Uh, it's uh, it's rewarding uh, and it's incredibly um, incredibly necessary. One in two are going to have cancer in their lifetime. So it's not something that you can just say, oh, you know, that's over there. It's going to be over here. Mm. So you can uh, visit our website, which is the www.ottawacancers.ca. You can call me. My phone number's on the website. Call anyone on the team. Um, visit us at 1500 Alta Vista Drive. There's a lot of ways to, uh, to get involved. Great. Thank you very much, Linda. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.